0: the record button (laughs) thank you
1: I had a finger on that button as soon as I said amen I
0: I try to actually that's what I try to do because I always forget it if I don't so I have my finger like I'm folding my arms but like my fingers like on the mouse like ready to push so that I don't have to do it um (laughs) I work at a restaurant on on Fridays and Saturdays and there's some things that I always burn like it it always happens because I get distracted on something else and so I I've learned that I just have to have my hand on the handle and not walk away until that's done (laughs) and so this is the same principle I just have to have my finger on my my trackpad and then I'll push record as soon as (laughs) the prayer is over um all right so diving into this section I just love chapter 10 um and i'm sure i'll i'll love it even more once (laughs) i dive into those books that you're talking about but um let's so group a was like front heavy and so i want to kind of go to the the back of of our reading and talk about sacrifice first and then uh work our way the other way um but what have you all learned in in your lives and, and in your Uh, experiences and stuff about this law of sacrifice because um you know I find that it's it's a hard one for for people to to wrestle with and uh come to grips with um the sacrifice even though we may even covenant uh to live that law but what does it mean and especially in context of Zion and everything how do we how do we become sacrificial people and and have that a part of our lives because he says somewhere in here like no (laughs) no sane person or whatever would um uh just sacrifice i mean that's not a a natural thing that we do um we have to have conscious choices in it and everything um so how would you i have like 50 questions in here (laughs) how would you like advise your your prior self your younger self to start living the law of sacrifice like how do you how do you explain that and, and what experiences have, have grown your testimony in the law of sacrifice. Just anything along those
2: lines. <laughs> well, first of all, I think you need to learn to uh, not covet your own possession. That, mm-hmm. that's, the, that's the really big issue because a lot of people, they get to the point where they want to uh, obtain things. And then the biggest part of obtaining the things is Having ownership of it, it is mine, and then uh, a lot of people get more upset about the fact that somebody took their stuff than they do if they had somebody else's stuff and it was stolen. You know, mm-hmm. they would feel bad that somebody stole it, but it's somebody else's stuff that they stole, it wasn't my stuff. But if they stole my stuff, ouch! I'm in it. yeah. I-
1: I think one of the things that sacrifice really depends upon is our trust in the Lord. Right? Um and and I think that's probably why he put it after the faith and and
3: mm-hmm. you know belief
1: and unbelief sections, but if we truly trust the Lord that the Lord is never going to ask us to do anything that is detrimental to us eternally, right? Then if he asks us to sacrifice something we will understand that. Okay, we can do this kind of thing. Um, I, I, there was a, there was a blog that had a, a story of a, a lady. the The perfect day, you know. He does the little things. I don't know if you've, if you've done, if you've listened to those, but he did one on sacrifice. And then somebody wrote him and told the story of how. She lived like an hour, hour and a half away or something like that from the temple, but she went to the temple every week and she always was worried you know, whenever it said, you know, law of sacrifice, she says, what do I have to sacrifice? She was so worried that the Lord was going to ask her to sacrifice her family or her husband or some big, huge thing like that that would just totally tear her world apart. And so she was, she was holding back on on willingly sacrificing. And then um, in in her relating the story, she said one day sitting in the celestial room. She just said, okay, I'll do it. I will sacrifice anything you want, whatever it is you ask. Um, even if that means you're going to take my family from me, my will is yours. Right. So she finally got to the point where she just totally turned, trusted the Lord and turned her will over to the Lord. And all the way home, she was just sure that she was going to get a phone call or she was going to get home and find out that her husband and kids have been killed in an accident or something like that. And she got home and everybody was fine. And in and, and praying to the Lord, she goes, well, what have you asked me? You, you didn't ask that you didn't take the sacrifice from me. You didn't, what happened? And the answer she got was, well, how long does it take you to go to the temple? Um, why are you doing that you sacrifice this much time every week to come to the temple that sacrifice is is good in my sight kind of thing and she had never thought of that as oh that's my sacrifice because mm-hmm. she did it willingly it didn't seem like a sacrifice we have this idea that oh a sacrifice has to be like abraham's kill your son kind of thing sometimes you know because time and gas and everything like that were it was a hard thing for her family and and she did have to sacrifice a lot for that but um that was her sacrifice and she says wow it really gave me a a new insight into sacrifice anyway
4: Mm -hmm. yeah I love that
3: um let's see my...
0: I love how much lectures on faith is quoted throughout here I'm like yes this is a great <laughs> a plug for for when we go to um we'll probably be referencing back to triumph design a lot when are we
1: doing lectures on faith
0: um it starts after in...
1: book of nelson
0: yeah just right after okay. book of nelson so mid april okay start up um, but yeah, as, as I'm like studying and preparing for it, I'm just like, oh yeah, this section is it. Um, but yeah, I this is one of my favorite uh, paragraphs. So on two fifty six, um, quote from Joseph Smith here. It says, "All the saints who have, of whom we have an account in the revelations of God, which are extant." Obtained the knowledge which they had of their acceptance in his sight through the sacrifice which they offered unto him, and through the knowledge thus obtained their faith became sufficiently strong to lay a hold upon the promise of eternal life, and to endure as seeing him who is invisible, and were enabled through faith to combat the powers of darkness, contend against the wiles of the adversary, overcome the world, and obtain the end of their faith, even the salvation of their souls. And I was like, that's a perfect quote from Joseph Smith talking about how all saints, it's not just prophets or whatever, like, this is all the saints that, that we've ever had an account of, they obtain it in the same way. And it's through that law of sacrifice, um, the uh, mighty prayer and all of that that um, is done in order to, uh, to receive those same blessings, right? And he, he lists those out. Um, I, I don't know. I, I really like that one. I was like, oh, I wish everybody could like read that and really understand what, what Joseph Smith is, is talking about there because it's not just words on a page. This is this is a pattern. This is a divine pattern that uh, he is pointing us to to come back into his presence. And then I liked some of the the sacrifices, like delineating out the ones um that sometimes we just like go through and, and uh, we have no idea what they are. Um, However, there's another form of sacrifice, which is willing and righteous, um, where we offer up our broken heart and a contrite spirit. Like, you know, that that's really the only thing that we actually have. We may have stewardship over lots of things, but the only thing that we have is our, our will, our broken heart and contrite spirit. And so actually getting to that point when we can put that on the altar and say, i will do whatever it takes in group a we were talking a lot about breaking horses and and all that kind of stuff but that that moment when we can finally break our heart and and offer it up in righteousness so that he can can steer and guide and and direct every aspect of our life i think is huge
1: well i like this list our will pride fears and mortal baggage Mm -hmm. that's a lot yeah right (laughs) right? You know, our pride, um, we don't want to be thought a fool. We don't want to be wrong. We don't want to have someone think poorly of us. All those are pride, right? Um, Our fears, think about the world today, all the fears and and mortal baggage, man, we we all carry around a lot of baggage. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Everywhere we go. We get another bag. It's a good thing we don't have to pay per bag on this mortal mortal life, right? Yeah.
0: Exactly. And just right after that, that you, you were... Well, no, it, it's part of what you were talking there. Mm-hmm. Um, so this sacrifice is the sacrifice of our, our will, pride, fears, and mortal baggage. Mm-hmm. It is done in mighty prayer. What will happen after such an offering? Is a series of events that highlights our weaknesses, opening them up to our view and gives us a chance to repent and step away from them. And you know, after going through uh Isaiah, that was kind of like one of my eye-opening wake-up moments of, of Babylon and stuff. And it's like, okay, a, a series of events really did transpire where it was like, okay, now here's a weakness. This is a big weakness. Are you gonna get rid of it? Because I'm showing it to you. Uh, now, now's the time if you're ever going to do it. So it's like, uh, I really resonated with that, um, that thing. Because he, John here is very confident in what he's saying. You know, he's like, it's matter of fact, what will happen after such an offering is a series of events that highlights our weaknesses. And then kind of going back to ether, you know, like I give unto men weaknesses that they may be humble. And if they humble themselves, then I can, can work with that. And I can turn those weaknesses into strengths. But until that, that willing sacrifice of the broken heart, contrite spirit, we're we're just <laughs> wild beasts that cannot bend to his will kind of thing. And so I, I really liked that whole concept that, that he's pointing out there. Yeah, I
1: like that. Determined to serve God at all hazards. Mm hmm. And I think especially in, in the times that we have coming up in the future that we have coming, we're going to have a lot of experiences to prove that we will serve God at all hazards.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which would have scared me in the past, but now it's like, yeah, bring it on. You know, <laughs> I might not be totally ready for everything, but like, I, I have a better attitude about it. Like, yeah. Let's do it, you know, bring on hard things. So, are you Cusco or Pacha? What? <laughs> <laughs> what was, I, the first part kind of broke out. Cusco. For me.
1: Cusco. Are you Cusco? Oh, or are you Pacha?
0: Bring it on. I would like to think <laughs> that I'm a good mix. would be Pacha.
1: We love that movie we quote it a lot in our family
3: uh-huh.
1: <laughs> it's a uh, emperor's new Groove for any of you who are not sure
0: <laughs> it took me a second to like hedge up because <laughs> the potcher or whatever and i was like yeah what did i miss and oh yeah gotcha
1: well whenever anybody just says bring it on that's all i i just picture them oh, you know against the cliff doing this and and they're like okay we're about to fall there's a
3: waterfall and
1: crocodiles, and you know. Right on. That kind
3: of, right on. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. All right. right. Never mind. <laughs> I would love some insight from like minded people. Um, shortly after starting this group, I'm in the what will happen after such an offering phase right now. I'm having, I'm definitely in a descent. Um, I've had false accusations made against me at church. Just craziness is erupting all around me. And I'm having a hard time with it. What do you guys do? Or what do you recommend doing? Because I'm, uh, I'm kind of like shutting down. I'm having a hard time with it. What do you guys recommend?
0: Mm-hmm. That, that's a hard phase to be in. <laughs> like yeah. I, that was one that I was like, oh, yeah, I'm prepared. Like I was telling my mom are you ready for it? Cause I can feel something brewing. Like it, it's just going to come. And then it hit in a way that was unexpected. And it like kind of threw me for a loop. I was like, whoa, <laughs> that was a lot harder than I was expecting. <laughs> yeah.
4: It, yeah. Well, I, for myself, the first thing I did, um, cause our, our family did the intervention thing, you know, to try to help us to get out of all the evil crap that we were doing. <laughs> anyway, the, I could see that this was gonna fester if I didn't do something about it. And I just started praying night and morning. Please don't let me have any hard feelings about this. Please let me keep, you know, cause you know, you don't want have hard feelings in your family for sure. Yeah. And and I just from the very beginning, I started praying about that very thing. And it is amazing that I did get through that without that. not hanging on to stuff because, you know, it, it seemed justified that <laughs> I could be angry with them. Mm-hmm. And but, uh, but no, I was able to let it go.
2: Yeah. One One thing that is that you pray for those who accuse you and those who defame you, and you 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 really strive to have charity in your heart and love in your heart for those people who bear false witness or whatever. And then you ask the Lord, What lesson am I to learn from this example to this experience? And you may have to receive multiple inst- episodes of abuse before you completely get the the lesson. But
3: been through two, and I've been told there's one more coming. So I'm kind of like,
2: oh, oh yeah, no. coming three. <laughs> but that, but that's that right there is the thing that has worked best for me mm-hmm. in this particular case, and in in the most of all the um, the retaliation uh instinct the fight is really there mm-hmm. and sometimes you just have to now i realize i realize that if you're in the mama bear mode there there's a the whole completely different um <laughs> a different episode a the di- de- de- whole different ball oh, yeah. of wax <laughs> but, Well, thank but, you this was just regarding
3: mema and right.
2: so uh, in, in particular if you can if you can try to pre- see yourself standing next to the savior as they were um, as they were uh, accusing and 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 abusing him when he had in the power of his little finger the ability to annihilate all earth yeah you have a tendency to say well i i don't have that power but i have the ability to call angels to my rescue but sometimes the, the the father has to stop back set set back and wait for you to experience whatever it is you got to experience but he won't leave you he just won't prevent it and that's it's part of your strengthening and your uh your toning of your spiritual self
1: well and it's part of it's part of your chance to prove to him that you will still remain faithful and in- in the face of all hazards right all hazards if it's your family if it's your friends if it's your you know the people from church or the good opinion of other people and it's really hard it's it's it is really hard and um you know we have each other right so no matter what the kids throw out it we have we have a bunch of grown kids right and we've been through this with our grown kids they just each call me individually right (laughs) um but we have each other no matter what they say no matter what anybody else were to be to say and um that helps but ultimately the thing that you have to come to rely on is is the lord is having having that connection with christ and just saying okay i have all these feelings i have these insecurities i have I, i have this hurt um, all of these things are happening and, and just lay it all at Christ's feet and say, I need you to take it. Cause I can't carry this. And when you do that, it's amazing. The things that change the hearts that soften the people who, um, whatever it was, they were railing against before or about before suddenly that doesn't matter. Maybe they learned something different or whatever, He just takes it away. He takes away that hurt and that bitterness, and you can go forward. But that's part of that's part of what this sacrifice is, you know, to to determine to serve God at all hazards. And I think more and more people are going to have to do that. And I think our hazards are going to get harder and harder as as time is progressing, you know, as things are happening.
2: But the Lord will also send you examples, uh, either in the scriptures or in, in society around you. He'll send you examples of, of how to act and how to react. And if you're watching for them, you will see them. Now, they may not be directed at you, but maybe you have a chance to see, uh, as, as a bystander, how someone would act or react might be a video it might be uh, a song it might be uh, a scripture it might be personal revelation it might be coming out of a book that's right so he will give you examples to help you to see what is possible that's the that's the difference between an adult and a child is adults know what could happen next what are what is possible and when when you're with the lord um everything is possible we just don't have the imagination big enough to understand what could be possible so he gives you plenty of food for thought and he gives you examples so as soon as you ask the question be expecting to be able to see the answer
0: yeah one thing that i really learned through it was not being afraid to be chastised by the lord through it like i had just been run through the ringer and i was like Oh my gosh, that was really hard or whatever. But I was like, Heavenly Father, what did I do? Was there anything that I did wrong that helped contribute to it or whatever? And being willing to accept some chastisement because he he chastised me hard pretty good. <laughs> and it was like, okay, you did this, this, this wrong. Like, and one of those was not that my family are are swine in any way, shape, or form, but like casting some pearls that led to it like you went too hard too fast sharing in your excitement about what you were learning and and it backfired that's one of the things that contributed to it you have to be a little bit more careful and um then I was you know uh, like Scott was saying looking for examples in scripture of like okay so how how do you take that excitement of things that you're learning and and apply it so that you can actually share things, but not have it backfire in your face every time. And so that was like a great learning curve that, I mean, it was a one-two punch. I got the first punch from the family and then uh, another (laughs) gentle punch, nudge, whatever you want to call it from the Lord going, Hey, if you want to avoid this in the future from, from your family, you're you're going to have to kind of learn and and simmer that and stuff. And so sometimes I, I don't know, what my my point is but being willing to accept change and and guidance through those because some of our our and trials are to actually humble us and and take away some of that pride whereas you know i i had pride going into it and and that's why it kind of blindsided me even though i knew it was coming but um anyway that that was one thing that that really helped but just like what scott said then go back to the scriptures and and find the example you know it it could be in the scriptures it can come from all the different things but you know there's there's that power in the scriptures uh it's kind of a handbook for how to deal with with all of life's challenges right and then um really take that and and what nancy said are you willing to serve god at all hazards or are you going to start doubting like well maybe maybe i shouldn't be going so hard like is, is this the the right path and, and that doubt and stuff like that just make sure that that your faith is on par through the whole thing so that you can you can actually learn things from it and and come out of the the descent phase kind of thing I, <laughs> I I know another one's coming for me too but uh, at the same time I'm, I'm trying to tackle it a little bit differently where I'm like okay I'm preparing my responses ahead of time so that in the moment that I I'm not so much blindsided and, and like that over eager, um, retaliation mode uh, kind of thing.
5: Well, I love everything that everybody has said. It's amazing. Um, and I, I, I love everything. One thing that Scott said that I really like cause I, I tell people the same thing is when you're, we're going through a trial is to, pray, you know, what do I need to learn from this? What do I need to get out of this? Because sometimes if we're that humble, we're like, I'm willing to learn. What what do I need to learn? Then sometimes, not always, sometimes we get to go through it a little bit more quickly because we're getting out of it what the Lord wanted us to. So I think that's really powerful in addition to what everybody has said. And then the other thing I would say, um, the Isaiah decoded, I've only read it once. I know I need to read it like 10 more times to really get it. So, so bear with my minimal knowledge about that book. But one of the things that did stand out from that book was that when we are in that descent phase, as you guys know, um, that's we're going to grow and progress faster and farther than had we not descended. And so while that doesn't necessarily help us in the moment when we're struggling and it's really hard, but to me, just having that hope that it's going to be even better that I'm going to progress as a person that much further like kind of on steroids to, you know, where we used to kind of have hard times and, you know, varying degrees, obviously we can, we can still, we still progress, I'm sure as we've gone through them, but what's coming right now, what's happening now, what's to come, that we're going to just um, grow and progress so much more than we ever had before. So I don't know if that helps at all. Like I said, in the moment, it doesn't make you feel better or feelings not hurt or anything like that, but just knowing that something better will come out of it. That's what we're promising
1: well i also like in your situation cameron that happened right after education week because you left my house and you got home and you were so excited about you know yeah. so a lot of times spiritual
3: when,
1: high. <laughs> exactly we have these spiritual highs we've learned so much we have grown so much and then the adversary has equal time right he has the equal ability to come after and so that happens but I think a lot of times, how we weather those situations, how we move through those attacks, you know, as you grow, the adversary comes after you and he pushes you down. But if you don't stay down and you can grow, then you're going to ascend even higher and just know that he's always going to be there trying to pummel you down through someone, um, you know. <laughs> get used to it becky it's yep. coming again, right
0: <laughs> that's the thing welcome to the brotherhood of suffering like this is this is the plan if you want to yeah. go
1: but but that is it's part of that cycle right as long we go up and down and up and down but the main trend line is up and as long as that main trend line is up then you're on the right path mm-hmm. you know it, it, it's it's the down, the little dips, they're hard. Um, But, you know, you can find friends and people who are like-minded, but ultimately the best friend you have in any of those situations is Christ. Mm
0: -hmm. And one other thing that came to mind, you know, I'm the family history guy, right? But (laughs) I would say in all, all trials, double down on your family history. And It'll get you through because your ancestors are pulling for you, and as you are growing and connecting and enlisting their help, they'll they'll be right there to. They may not be able to to thwart anything. I mean, sometimes they might, but like they're they're there to to soothe and heal and 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 apply the balm of Gilead kind of thing because they know exactly what we're going through. Um, you know, it, it kind of reminds me of like in Gethsemane. Like, yeah, Christ had to go through it, but then like like Adam. I don't know i my opinion adam is there soothing him and helping him through it like all the generations are are there helping um uh to to bear it patiently kind of thing and, and making sure that, that it's a growth experience and that's why family history is so important to uh to redouble the efforts especially in in those times uh as soon as uh, the intervention happened or whatever that was like my family history week i was just like pfft. Just pour my heart and soul into it and uh and uh, enlist that that heavenly battalion in, in my behalf or whatever. That's that's another one. Sometimes I kind of forget to say it because I it's so second nature to me, but like that that's the big one. Family history is the answer for everything.
3: <laughs> well, I appreciate that. We've had COVID and sickness in the house off and on since this happened, like in October. And so I've not been able to go to the temple, and I didn't even think about family history. So thank you, and thank you all for your your words of support and encouragement. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm.
0: For
5: sure. We'll send prayers your way, Becky.
3: Thank you. I need them.
0: <laughs> and that's another thing. Like I love about these groups, like if you were to like talk about that in Sunday school, people would be like, oh my gosh, she's on it again kind of thing or, you know, whatever. But like here we're all experiencing, we're all growing, we're all going through trials and dissents and and we're understanding them in proper perspective. It's like, I trust all your guys' opinions and your advice when, when you give it. Like, you know what you're talking about. So we can all help each other. That's, that's one really good thing about these groups I love.
5: So I had a minor family emergencies so I came on late and I'm really sad because I was super excited about this week so can y'all just repeat everything you said
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes so fire of the spirit is a must-read book you have to dive into it
5: (laughs) Nancy, I did buy that I'm I yeah I'm yeah I'm super busy and I'm trying but since it's not on audible and I have to sit and read it, but I got them, I got both books, so they're, they're there to start sometime soon, hopefully.
0: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I hopped on right in the middle of Nancy and Becky, just like going at it, talking about those books, and how they're so good, and stuff, and I'm like, I gotta get on this, but again, yeah, like you said, they're not on Audible, and so it's like, I have to really focus my time, and I know, I I actually have to read, (sighs) but like, (laughs) like I was saying, well, maybe we should do like an extracurricular fictional book (laughs) club just on on those or whatever at some point, because it would be fun to like discuss all those once everybody has had a a couple months to read them. and and Yeah,
5: totally. Yeah, that'd be super super fun. Well, one of the things that you missed is that we
1: actually started at the back of the section
5: on Sacrifice.
1: So you didn't miss all the stuff
5: at the beginning. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, that's what I wanted to really talk about. That's perfect.
0: Yeah. (laughs) yeah so group a was heavily focused on the first half of this this reading material so i wanted to kind of do it in reverse this time Uh, so we just talking about sacrifice and and all that um well we better talk about um the first part (laughs) yeah the unbelief remember
3: Because
4: we said we were gonna do that this week so we better hit that next and then see where that takes
0: us yeah for sure so anything on like unbelief faith and belief um what was the other one belief and unbelief like all of those things there was so much good meat in there to like really dive into um yeah anyway what was um it was genie right that had that from last time or whatever that really wanted to talk about it like what were some of your questions and and things that you or insights that you wanted to bring up on those
5: so so I need y'all's insights.
0: <laughs>
5: I'm going to present a problem and you guys are supposed to solve it. <laughs> so this was huge for me, you guys. So I'm just going to out myself here. So, um, this was a huge eye opener for me because I I've always felt, especially in the last, like, well, always, but especially last couple of years that like, I feel like I have like a ton of faith. Like if, you know, if, The savior wanted me to be sitting in Nancy's kitchen right now, like he could do that. And I believe that he can like cure anybody of anything. Like I truly believe he can do anything. And so my issue has always been, but then at the same time, I know that I need to learn and grow as a person and to do that, that I have to have hardship. And so to be honest with you, I never expect blessings because it's like, well, yeah, I feel really crappy and I'm really, really sick. And yeah, I guess I'll pray that he can help me feel better, but you know, I'm human. I'm supposed to have these hard things. So probably he's not going to help me. And so I've just had this really hard time deep in my soul, making sense of all that and going, okay, does that mean that I don't have as much faith as I thought, or I do or what? And I thought, well, does it have to do with hope versus faith? Like I was so confused. And I have asked every friend I have, well, I like go to dinner with a couple and be like, okay, so faith and hope, what do you think? And like, I would like pick people's brains. I'm like, somebody has got to tell me something that's going to resonate that I'm going to go. Yeah. And that's not happened ever. <laughs> so when I read this, I was like, oh crap. I have unbelief. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you finally self-diagnose and go,
5: oh. <laughs> I'm like, what do you mean of unbelief? This said I know I can go to Nancy's kitchen this minute. What do you mean? So so help me. And so I know the book talks about it. I know it kind of walks you through the process. I know it does. And I've read it like twice already, this this part of the chapter. But tell me your thoughts. Like help me like just to get this ingrained in my soul. Like, how do you overcome that unbelief? Again, for the things that I said, like you know you're supposed to have hardship and learn and grow. And so then I really don't expect blessings or miracles because I have to have hardship. So how do I marry all that? What are your guys' thoughts?
1: The first thing I would say is you don't have to have hardship. There's your first, that's your first false belief because we have hardships and trials to humble us and to bring us to the point where we can have this faith and this belief in Christ. If we can have the faith and the belief in Christ without the hardships, we don't have to have the hardships. We can skip I love that. I'm writing that down. <laughs> so the fact, and, and, and honestly, that is the thing. When you first started talking, that just came to me. You don't have to have those. You don't have to go through the difficult things. Many of us, because we hold on to all these unbeliefs and we hold on to these traditions and these things that we have been erroneously told and taught. It's like on page um, 241, where it talks about our belief structure. Our belief structure includes um, both pure elements of truth and impurities of human assumption, tradition, false conclusions, and and out-and-out lies, right? And we get a lot of those. We get a lot of those that are taught in Sunday school and in gospel doctrine class and in Relief Society lessons or in priesthood lessons or over the pulpit on Sundays. Because everybody has so much of this unbelief and they stand up and they say, well, you know, I know we have this or, and and they testify of the belief that they know something that really ain't so Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And, and, and that's the thing you've got to find, what is that? That's really holding me back. Mm -hmm. You have an unbelief that you aren't good enough for blessing. Mm -hmm. that you have to suffer something. Mm -hmm. And so you're going to suffer something and it'll continue to happen until you learn the lesson that you don't have to suffer.
5: I love that. But let's, let's put that together with what you were talking about earlier with the hardship that you went through with your kids. Mm -hmm. So clearly you and Scott are on the right path. You are really striving to do what's right. So, so help me under, help me kind of combine those. Like how, why did that happen then?
1: Um, I think the same thing as Cameron, you know, we probably shared a little too much, a little too fast with kids who weren't ready. Right. Um, And, and they didn't understand, they didn't get it. They, they're not around us a lot. They see instead the, the aspects of the world, but we just thought, you know, that all the kids were basically against us and, and everything like that. They have their own little chat. They're doing their thing. Scott. Decided to announce we were going to have a family meeting and we're going to a big announcement. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) what are we announcing? (laughs) 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 Pregnant? And uh, you know, it was on fast Sunday, and the kids were all. You know, he he announced it on Thursday for the following Sunday, and and we just we fasted and prayed for family unity, and we got on that call, and he. He just explained, hey, we, we're we unified here. We're doing the best that we can. Oh, by the way, here's our opinion on.
2: Yeah, we haven't always been. Uh,
1: as unified.
2: As unified as we are.
1: <laughs> uh-uh. Not anywhere close. Um, you know, so we, we kind of let them know, hey, look, we know that you guys haven't been home for many, many years. We're not the same people we were when you were little or when you were teenagers or even you know when you first left home. And you know, try to let them know that. Um, but you know then we also explained our stand on a few uh, current um, things that are happening in the world. <laughs> mm-hmm. and And that had been a really big stumbling block with several of the kids. Mm-hmm. And we explained it, and they were like, "Oh, okay." And it was it was a, a big nothing burger, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I attribute that because we were fasting and praying for unity in our family and for hearts to be softened. And they were, and, and it smoothed over everything. And, you know, I, I, I don't know what's coming in the future, but I'm, I don't want to dwell on what we dodged, I guess, you know?
2: Mm -hmm. another important thing you might want to realize is when you ask for a blessing don't um establish a preconceived image of what that blessing has to be Mm -hmm. because oftentimes we put the we put the lord in a box and he has to fit inside that box but if we really want him to give a blessing that is beneficial for us then then you got to let him have the freedom to give you that blessing in either an an understandable or an ununderstandable understandable way, but he will make it manifest to you to the point where you will recognize it as the blessing. And most of all, when you ask for assistance, you can ask assistance of your ancestors, you can ask assistance of angels or whatever, but you can send love to a, a loved one someplace else, but you have the privilege and you have uh, the ability to ask for uh, a return and report, and that's a that's something that I learned very important in time is that when I'd ask for a blessing for one of my children and in a long distance away, or I'd ask for this, I would ask for a return and report. and in time, after whatever it is I'd ask it had been taken care of, I got the feeling or I got confirmation from somebody or something that it had been taken care of and and then I was able to see and then as each one of these happens, and you begin to feel that those are happening, then you begin to realize that the Lord is there ready to give you everything that you request, um as long as it is good for you and it is uh, going to give you the outcome that you want, because sometimes we ask for things that's not really going to give us the outcome we want, and he just kind of holds back. No. Mm
5: -hmm. right well and i what i call that um is a humble confidence like you have to have confidence in the lord but and you know but it's it's a humble confidence um so i love what you said because it yeah it kind of goes along with that yeah Mm
0: -hmm.
5: thanks guys that was helpful i appreciate it
0: my mind instantly went to exactly what nancy was saying of um a quote from isaiah decoded was that Mm -hmm. every malady ailment every bad thing is a result of a covenant curse even death itself we do not have to go through death if we obey all of the laws and so like um that that really changed my my whole perspective on every single trial that i i go through it's either of my own or or somebody else i mean it's like there's lots of different ways that, that those trials can come in but to be willing to, to learn from whatever source it came from and to either fix it on our end or help others and, and be willing to sacrifice as, mm-hmm. as a first reaction to it and saying, okay, what did I do wrong to, to merit this? Because like if we really take a, a panoramic step back and look at the will of God, does he want us to suffer? No but we cause it ourselves, And so like, you know, we might be in the just a really bad head cold. Right. And it's like, does God really want me to be that, like to be suffering with this? Like I just have to bide my time. Cause I go through that same thing that, that you were talking about, you know, I mean, we're just supposed to, this is part of the mortal experience. We're supposed to have hardships or whatever. I just got to endure. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, no, like really, if I really have a true faith and belief in God, does he want me to go through this and, and and suffer no he doesn't want it he wants me to be healed but he wants me to exercise the faith in order to be healed right and so like i don't know it's i think that that's one of the common unbeliefs that that we have like yeah uh, i have total faith that they can be healed but i just have to suffer through it because everybody has to bear their cross at certain points where there's ebbs and flows of life but every sickness malady temptation all of it is a result of a covenant curse even death and I'm like it changed my whole perspective on it so that now I do have the faith to be healed well I say in most circumstances I do have the faith to be healed and I have the faith to actually give blessings with that that same confidence of no the Lord doesn't want you to go through this and 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 heal in that that capacity
5: yeah I love that well and I'm a really big proponent of learning from other people's mistakes (laughs) (laughs) yeah y'all do you know you do your thing i'll learn from you nope. <laughs> i'll do my best not to make as few as i can yeah exactly
0: but yeah like the, the whole ancestor thing like uh scott was talking about yeah calling on on our ancestors they're they're all focused here on this earth because we're all they i'm the ones that have went before us they all know what it's like to be in this mortal body and stuff and they're just helping us and and they're enlisted to uh to be for our good and stuff like, uh, to call on people by name, turn in reports. That was something I learned from Scott was the return and report principle, and that's changed everything. I, I love that that ability to uh, to actually have charge over the angels is kind of the wrong word, but like know that that they love us so much that that they would take the time to come and report on on the things that they're doing kind of thing you know like uh, I that was a a huge principle for me
5: well I think it's and that's a super interesting concept because I think I think that what comes to mind for me is the challenge of being able to hear them right because you know hopefully we all know what the Holy Ghost how the Holy Ghost speaks to us and now we're working on hearing him. And then now Scott's throwing another wrenching thing. Now we got to learn to hear our ancestors.
3: <laughs>
5: so we're at whole other layer here. Um, so how would you guys recommend, like, we work on that? Like, how? Let, let me just tell you my dilemma. Because, again, I, uh, I'm happy to overshare. <laughs> um, so for me, when I'm being led and guided, the way that he speaks to me, is not in it and I know we kind of talked about Holy Ghost versus Holy Spirit a little bit last week, whatever. But I'm still wrapping my brain around that, so bear with me the way I explain it. But um, when, when, when I'm prompted to do things, it's always in, it's always in my own voice. I don't hear a different voice saying, "Jeannie, you should say this in your lesson now." It's like just part of my thought process. Well, my thought process, right? And I'm just going, I'm just going, I'm just going, and so you know struggling i guess to hear him and maybe i am but i can't distinguish it because it's my own voice so so how do i reconcile that and then further kind of stretch that to hear ancestors because i love that so how what do you guys think
1: so john pontius in his book following the light of christ into his presence has an entire section on the three voices in your head and get that read that study that he can it can tell you so much more than, than we could, um, know that it will take a while to wrap your head around that.
3: Yeah. Okay.
1: (laughs) And, and to see how that works in your life. I don't hear it in a different voice. I just, you know, different, it's not a different sound. It still sounds like a voice in my head, Mm
3: -hmm.
1: but I recognize because of the context and how it's done. I recognize where they're coming from. Sometimes right away and
5: sometimes not. I mean, mm-hmm. still,
1: that's what happens.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I will. I I wrote it down. Following the light of Christ, right? You said. Yeah. Uh, following following the light of Christ. Following the
1: light of Christ into His presence. Okay.
0: Mhm. Yeah. So, not to self promote, but I have a video coming with Roots Tech or whatever that that talks about that. Um, that very thing how to hear the voice of our ancestors and distinguish it from the spirit kind of thing yeah um, they they made me edit a few things out of it though but whatever um uh if you want to watch the full thing it's on my my youtube channel <laughs> but um yeah, i think it's super important to to learn that that concept and, and how to to do that really brief my my grandpa leo i went through this whole discovery experience that's in the video but once I know because he wasn't alive when I was and so I had to get to know him and and uh that was from interviewing other people that that actually did know him or you know walking where he walked tasting what he tasted just getting to know him Mm -hmm. and then when he's speaking to me those same feelings pop up when I'm hearing the voice and Mm -hmm. so like I know When he's helping me on the other side of the veil versus another person. And so I go through these discovery experiences with with each of my ancestors that that are coming to me and speaking to me or giving me dreams and visions or whatever, Mm -hmm. that now I know because I've spent that time, I've made a sacrifice of time and effort to actually get to know their voice and what they sound and feel like. Mm
3: -hmm. And now
0: I can recognize that. So, like what Nancy was saying, you know, it's not like a different voice, it's still like the voice in your head but it's, it's all about the context of what you're feeling or mm-hmm. like, sometimes I'll get certain smells or certain kind of like audio tweaks. I don't know how to quite explain it when certain angels are are ministering to me. And so it's like, oh, I know that that's them. And whatever I'm getting, um, mm-hmm. is, is from that same thing. If you're ever getting like sulfur, you know, that's like Satan. <laughs> <I'm just kidding>.
5: <laughs> <laughs> um, Cameron, I love that. Um, and interesting, it, may, it just made me think. So um, my best friend died in a car accident four years ago. And I did have two or three different experiences where I knew she was there. So I know what you're talking about. I just hadn't really thought about, um, you know, having that kind of relationship or communication with my my own ancestors. Um, mm. So I love that. And Cameron, remind me what your YouTube channel is called again. Uh.
0: I don't know I think it's just my name
5: Cameron Briggs
0: yeah I'll I'll find a link real quick and post it in there
5: perfect that'd be great yeah no because I'd love to watch the whole thing I love that and Nancy I will get that book from Pontius about yeah yeah thank you very much you guys
0: yeah and so um Elle posted in the chat and sorry I (laughs) I don't know when this exactly was just a couple minutes ago but um that disease is really dis-ease suffering comes from some form of unease about something our thought or belief are giving a, a faulty thinking or a faulty belief i really like that like i've never broken that word down into to those two parts before mm-hmm.
6: we have cognitive distortions and there's something he posted in the book that i really underlined because i kind of knew it but i don't know if i came in late in the last session but in the middle of page 241 it says life is what we believe it to be people are what they believe them to be our perceptions of our world our belief structure impresses so much distortion upon our vision that in many ways it creates the world we view and it goes back to the repentance word um you know it's a fresh view of god the world and others or something like that so it's because we kind of have a distorted view of things you know and i think that sometimes causes anxiety. I I mean, I know so many people that have anxiety and depression and things like that. And I think it comes from not all of it. Some of it is clinical depression, but I think a lot of it comes from our faulty thinking processes, Mm -hmm. you know, our cognitive distortions right and in the world
1: in the media and everything is doing a lot right now to change our thinking processes yes make them more faulty yes and make them fit the narrative and and we have to resist that fear and that despair
6: mm-hmm. and all of the things that go with that yes and that emotional resiliency class has a whole chapter on can't think what it's called but it has lots of different cognitive distortions that we tell ourselves like all or nothing thinking, or black and white thinking, catastrophizing, yeah, things like that, and we yeah. we tell ourselves that a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> unfortunately. Oh, yeah. So we have to stop ourselves from thinking in those thought processes. I think that sometimes keeps us from blessings because I think it's a form of unbelief.
5: Yeah, um, good point, because it's false. I mean, that's why faulty thinking, thinking errors, because they're not right. Yeah. Right. So
6: I think that's part of sometimes why we have unbelief, because we let our minds go to those false, you know, things that we've just kind of let ourselves into. And like Nancy said, the media is feeding us so much untruths Mm -hmm. and false information. So that doesn't help either. So... So we just have to rely on God and Christ so much more and pray for discernment and, and peace of mind. And, you know, it's just, yeah, it's a chal- It's challenging right now. Mm-hmm. So true. Um,
1: I like on page 243, says, false beliefs always send us off in pursuit of some path other than one that leads to exaltation. And pursuing a forbidden path is always the result of failure to heed his voice.
0: Exactly. I mean, that's a pretty absolute statement, right? And so it's like, oh, wow. All right. <laughs> that, that, that's super crucial in President Nelson here, him and, and all of that, like forbidden paths. We see a lot of those creeping up today. And, I, you know, I find myself on, on certain things sometimes. It's like, holy cow, come back to the to this always a failure to to heed his voice okay what do i need to do what do i need to change that's why i think um like this this part here that all of chapter 10 and then following the light of christ into his presence those two books are like i just got to have them on my back burner and like (laughs) between every book i read i need to read those two chapters and (laughs) just kind of internalize those make sure that i'm grounded in uh in that
1: I I think that we all have so many of these um, traditions, false beliefs, um, the traditions of our fathers, you know, we even have those in the church, right, of what we believe, Um, you know, Scott was just talking to the bishop today, Uh, somebody posted online, let me back up. So it's really, really hard if a bishop has a bunch of little kids or a stake president has a bunch of little kids, it's really hard on the wife, right? And um, someone posted in a forum for, you know, wives of bishopric members. <laughs> <laughs> um, and 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 it, it made its way to me. I am not a wife of a bishopric member, but, um, they were talking about how hard it was to accept that call and and not be able to sit, not be able to have the husband's help, um, you know, with the kids, and especially if you have a bunch of little kids and things like that. And so um, their particular bishop made it so that the one who's conducting on any given month sat up on the stand. And after the, you know, they all sat up there until the sacrament, when the sacrament was done, the ones who were not conducting went down and sat with their families. And, you know, there's nothing that says they all have to sit up on the stand, right? Mm -hmm. That's not a doctrinal thing. It's a traditional thing. And it made a world of difference, Um, you know, and it was interesting because the, the request, I guess, was made from the, for the bishopric and the bishop wasn't willing to do anything until he went to the stake president. And the state president wrote back that, well, you know, I checked with my wife and, and, you know, how big of a deal is this? And, oh, his wife told him. And he's like, yes, we should do this. And so they've instituted it in their entire stake. Nice. And, and, you know, but it's those kinds of things. What other traditional things are we doing that um, make our lives harder. Mm-hmm. That make our lives harder on our loved ones. That you know, build up our pride or our own sense of self. Right? There's a part in here that says everything about self. Where was that? I don't remember. Um, self
3: was
0: two forty four.
1: Almost all concepts of self, self-esteem, self-love, self-fulfillment, self-sufficiency, and the like are not scriptural and are largely uninspired. Why? Because it's all about self. The gospel's not about self. And I don't think that in the celestial kingdom, we're going to be focusing on ourselves. What does Christ focus on? He focuses on everyone else. He doesn't focus on himself. Isn't that what we're supposed to be like him? um so you know as we as we focus less on ourselves and more on making life better for those around us we can eliminate some of these traditions and these false beliefs and and things along those lines um but you know four years ago i i don't know if i've told you guys this story but four years ago i was sitting in the chapel in the temple before a session looking up at a a picture of christ and i I was just like, maybe it's five years ago now. Anyway, whatever. I was like, what do I have to do next? What do I need to learn? Where do I need to go? What what do you want me to know? And the answer came so clearly and stunned me that I needed to find and eliminate false traditions from my life. And that's not what I was expecting. And I was like, what, what? And so I started making a list and, you know, a lot of those false traditions and those false beliefs are things that we think about ourselves. Right. And, and, you know, I made a list of all these, all this baggage, all these things that I'd been carrying around for decades and wrote them all down and said, okay, I'm going to try to leave these behind. Still working on some. Right. And, and, uh, you know, when the I got a couple of pages written down and, you know, (laughs) right now I'm not necessarily making the list anymore. I'm just trying to identify them and get rid of them. Um, But that's where we need to be. That's what we need to do. We need to eliminate those false traditions, those false beliefs, all of these false things that are keeping our faith from being efficacious in our life.
2: Can you imagine living in a Zion way where it is that your only concern is for the well-being and the the maintenance of somebody else or others, to the point where you completely neglect yourself, but with the faith that somebody else is going to take it voluntarily upon themselves to see to your needs? So that we never really take care of ourselves, but we all as a community take care of each other. To me, that sounds to me like that's what the whole integral Zion society is, is where we take care of each other to the point where we don't need to worry about ourselves because we are busy, concerned, and loving. It gives you that compassion. It gives you that caring it also gives you that ability to love others like the savior loves us and i think that is that is part of what zion is about and that's what the lord is trying to do with us you know the whole idea of the ministering process you know you don't have to be called uh to to, to think about somebody else just see what needs to be done and now don't pry you know you don't go knock on people's doors and say hey you need to tell me what I can do for you. Uh, but, you know, the Lord, if you ask the Lord, he'll help you to see what needs to be done in small ways. You know, uh, something as easy as just bringing the neighbor's trash can up to the to the door because um, they've just been too busy to bring it up. So it's, it's not a big deal, but it can be. It's small increments. Uh, the 1% deal. Uh, like was on, on the talk uh, in, in okay. conference about the just 1% better over time. Makes so if we just try to work 1% better about ministering and thinking about the lives of others over and above ourselves, then the Lord will make sure that our efforts are magnified and he will also contact somebody else to serve you in a manner in which you could be helped. And that's, that's where we go. It comes from practice. It comes in small, but then it works out big.
1: You know, and I hear, I hear a lot of people, you know, say, Oh, well, I I just don't have any time. I'm exhausted. I'm whatever. I don't have, I don't have anything else to give. Right. And I like this on page 245. If we are acting upon a prompting from the Holy spirit and correctly believe that we should perform some act of service upon Christ's request, then all such works are saving in their nature and have no residual element of fatigue or exhaustion, but are rejuvenating, empowering, and exalting. The belief behind the act sanctifies or soils the result. So if we're doing it just to be seen, um, doing good works for somebody else, then it's not gonna have that, and we will run ourselves into the ground. But if we are helping other people because, hey, I, I. just feel like I should help you. It doesn't make you tired. It doesn't make you exhausted. You come home after doing something like that, going, wow, that was great. I have so much energy. And you get all sorts of things done that you maybe put off before. And it it is truly rejuvenating, empowering. And hopefully.
0: (laughs) And if it isn't, like this is what I was going through with, with this section right here. Was well, what if I am experiencing that fatigue and exhaustion? What needs to change? And that very last line was what really hit me. The belief behind the act sanctifies or soils the result. So again, if if you're getting exhausted and fatigued, then then look at your belief behind the, the acts or service or whatever you're doing. And there's some sort of unbelief that you need to fix and tweak there because the Lord doesn't want us to suffer with, with those things. He wants us to have the rejuvenating, empowering experience. And so that was was very transformational for me, uh, looking at it that way, like, oh, again, it comes back down to an unbelief that I need to fix.
1: (laughs) Yep. Isn't it amazing? (laughs) Yeah. We didn't know we had so much unbelief. Oh my. It's always about those heathens. It's not us.
0: <laughs> I know. And then on 248 or whatever, when he's talking, like, uh, just right in the middle of the page, we believe all things, right? Like, this is an article of our faith. And how many times do we just kind of like flow past that one, right? Yeah, we believe all things. Yeah. But do you really? Like, <laughs> if we cast off all unbelief, we believe all things. What a powerful statement that is. You know, there's lots of like self affirmations and all that kind of stuff, <laughs> self again. but like that's one that I think that I'm gonna like post it and like repeat that to myself, like all the time, like a mantra. I believe all things. I believe all things and and cast off unbelief. Like the more I say it, the more I'm going to start believing all things.
1: yeah, not we believe what we have observed to be true. That's mm-hmm. the world, right? Yeah, but you know, this is part of one of the Articles of Faith, but how often do we as adults review the Articles of Faith and think about the Articles of Faith and study the Articles of Faith? If you don't have little kids you're teaching the Articles of Faith to or you're not in primary, I, I bet it would could have been a while since you've seen the Articles of Faith.
0: Exactly, right? Like the whole waking up thing, timelines and all of that, like the uh, <laughs> gathering Israel, the being subject to the king's magistrates and et cetera. Like those two have really taken on a new aspect to me um, the past two years, I guess, but like, wow. And now here's this, we believe one. And it's like, huh, I, I really need to go study those more. Like we need to have Maybe that. we need
1: to add the articles of faith, faith book to the book club list.
0: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Put that right in there. Cause it, it's huge, really. <laughs> casting off unbelief that's that's where we kind of root that out Hmm. yep i'm gonna have to put that one in the mix
1: (laughs) all principles of faith begin to fully function only after we also believe them where's that at nancy in the middle of 248 it's in the paragraph as with lehi's Leahona which operated only after they believed that it could direct them. Okay. you. it's the back half of that sentence. Yeah, until then they function by hit and miss by degrees and with apparent randomness.
0: (laughs) How many of you feel that in your life, right? Like all the time. Why does it not work 100% of the time? Mm -hmm. Because of an unbelief, that's the answer.
1: How many elements of our faith are hitting on half of their cylinders? <laughs> yeah, that's that's it, isn't it?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I could just take all of this and what I felt and what's been ratified and testified to me or whatever, and just review that every single day, I think I would I would have it made, right? <laughs> but the part is remembering. And putting that effort into this experience and remembering what that is and what I need to apply from it.
1: Well, then the Lord would come back and show you the next thing that you need to work (laughs) on, right? Didn't we talk about that already? (laughs) Sacrifice. (laughs) Then he will highlight the next weakness, (laughs) opening them to our view.
0: Yeah, exactly. And like it says on the bottom of 249, there was no possibility of blindly or accidentally stumbling down the path into design this is all like it's strategic the lord's got it and if we just yield and break our our, our will to his
1: speaking of that about zion on 237 um mm-hmm. you know he talks about the commandment to build zion more than 175 years ago right why have we not done this and he says, because we simply don't believe it. We don't believe we have anything else to do, or perhaps we believe Zion is already built. And I wrote on the side, or we are waiting to be commanded to build it. Mm-hmm. And then that took me to Doctrine and Covenants 5826, right? That we tend to ignore. You know, that my my children used to say that my favorite scripture, if you would ask my kids when they were growing up. What mom's favorite scripture was. It would be, um, I, I, I went around to the wrong one. It would be Doctrine and Covenants 58, 26, which is, ah, for behold, it is not meet that I should command in all things, for he that is held in all things the same as a slothful and not a wise servant wherefore he receiveth no reward because they were always waiting for me to tell them hey you know you you never told me i had to do that well look around what needs to be done you know and so that's what i if you ask them and somebody actually asked the kids and they brought that up and they said (laughs) 58 26
3: (laughs) Especially
1: after they were had that in seminary and it was a scripture mastery, right? You know, but they knew that. Um, you know, but John quotes Doctrine of Covenants 84, 54 to 56, probably four times in this chapter in this section, right? Mm -hmm. Your minds and times have been darkened because of unbelief. Um, which vanity and unbelief have brought the whole church under condemnation. The cross-reference for vanity in the scriptures. Takes you to Isaiah three sixteen. Oh, okay. So Isaiah three sixteen talks about um, the women in the church and the daughters of Zion. Let me find this. That's where my phone. That's where my scriptures had been set. <laughs> um, and it it talks about. It. vanity moreover the lord saith, because the daughters of zion are haughty and walk with stretched forth necks and wanton eyes walking and mincing as they go and making a tinkling with their feet right the vanity the pride we are so prideful that well we have the truth we have the you know whatever when i first moved out here i i uh, went to a state um relief society Saturday fireside um, with the project manager for the Provo city center temple with a friend of mine and the stake relief society president got up and she was like aren't we just so lucky we live in this valley and because we are so righteous we have so many temples and because we have this we are able to get yet another temple built And, and 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 my friend and I who both we're not from around here we looked at each other and we said wow wow Wow. that was like one of our first we had just both moved here and we're like oh my word is what have we gotten ourselves into moving to Utah
0: (laughs) first experience -um all right here we go
1: and we both looked at each other and we went ramyumptom and where we started laughing because it came to both of us at the same time mm-hmm. but what does this tell us right we have this un we have this false belief that we are better than everybody else because we have the true church <laughs> and, and and because of that false belief we have this pride and it colors all of our interactions with other people and it really hampers the work and that's what the adversary wants He wants us to hamper the
0: work. So anyway, there's another. (laughs) Kind of along that line, 239 right in the middle. uh, This just popped out to me as I was doing it, one of my underlines. But um, the the paragraph right in the middle, all you have to do to take away the greater portion of the gospel from a people is to keep them uninformed that it exists. (laughs) And, And that's where that vanity and pride comes in. Because as soon as you start focusing on that, Uh, you lose the fullness that it it's a a slippery thing uh, with with vanity in the mix so uh, well they
1: already think they have the fullness they think we have (laughs) i you know how many times have you heard it in sacrament meeting or in testimony meeting oh i'm so glad you know we have the fullness of the gospel here on the earth and i'm going not yet (laughs) do you know what that means yeah do you know what that means they don't but they think they have that because that's been preached at one point or time or another and it's one of those false
5: traditions well you know and I know that there's a lot of reasons for this um but this just makes me think about how the brethren and conference you know it's very basic you know it's kind of more the basics of the gospels and I know there's breadcrumbs and I know that you know you can look at the you know the references and you know there's more meat there and little jewels and things so I, I I know that but you know by and large, it's just very, very simple, which is, you know, missing a lot. Right. Um, anyways, that, that just made me think about that, that, that if maybe they need to be uninformed because they're not, you know, ready yeah. you know, for, for more. Well, anytime
1: that we are given something or we are told something or taught something that we're not ready for, you know, if we're taught it, we are accountable for that. And that actually can have a damning consequence on our eternal progression if we're not ready for it. Um, I was actually just talking to my mother about this tonight before this call. um, And and I said, you know, at general conference and in Sunday school lessons and Relief Society lessons, you're going to get that basic surface level that... um, so that any investigator that comes in or any new member that comes in, it gets them at that level that they can comprehend and they can start with. And you're always gonna get that because we're always bringing in new people. You're never gonna get that next level being taught in your lesson manuals or in your stuff. So what do we do? We get come follow me. Why? So that people will go a little deeper on their own. They need to go deeper on their own. We as a church need to get here. And they're trying to lead us there, but they can't just sit there and tell it all to us. We have to do the work. We have to put forth the effort. We have to um, study and investigate and, and really do more than say, okay, well, I've read my 30 minutes for the day. Well, would you read? Oh, I don't know. My brain was wandering off somewhere else and, and expect that to be enough. It, and that's where, you know, they're trying to lead us this way mm-hmm. but we're never going to get that additional depth in conference or in the Leahona magazine oh my goodness the Leahona magazine is even more basic now than it than the ensign used to be <laughs> i looked at that the other day i was like whoa wait a minute and then i realized who's the intended audience okay i got this right
4: mm-hmm.
1: and so you have all of that um but i think that that's why it's so important that we get taught by the Lord himself, right? You ask the Lord, what do I need to learn about now?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And then, you know, when you're sincere and you're ready, he will teach you. He will put books in your path, right? Like these, like some of the others. He'll He'll give you things where if you read them and you ask what's true, mm-hmm that he'll teach you and he'll teach you as fast as you can handle it. And you might go, okay, wait, wait, wait. That's an awful lot. Give me a few days. I need to parse that out and and internalize some of that. And then you go back and go, okay, I'm ready for more. Yeah, Yeah. one of Scott's favorite sayings is when the student is ready, the teacher will appear.
0: Yeah, because there's lots of times when I something might hit me wrong or whatever. And it's like, ooh, I don't like that. That's kind of like an untruth or whatever. But then a couple months later, like I've been tutored and, and learned in it and then I come back to it and he's like now that's a truth you just weren't ready for it at the time and so it's like a, oh okay <laughs> yeah but, you're
1: not ready to peel the onion to that layer yet
0: yeah exactly but when you're ready the the teacher or master or whatever you said will appear mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
1: when the student is ready the teacher will appear mm-hmm. and you'll learn it and that teacher could be a book it could be a video it could be the holy ghost
0: I know some of my my greatest like aha moments or whatever are just random YouTube videos that either somebody sent to me or that were like the first thing to pop up. It's like, huh, I never would have found that any other way. But mm-hmm. as soon as you're actually ready for it, it, it appears. Sometimes
5: it's the Facebook post.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh-huh. Make sure though that you don't discount some of the sources. Uh-huh. Some of the sources may be somebody you don't even like
0: yeah exactly like sometimes yeah like what you said just barely on facebook like y'all know that i hate facebook like with a passion but sometimes the lord will be like you need to log on right now and okay so i i I log on and and the first video or something that somebody shared is like huh i really needed that right then so like it it has its uses in in my life you know I, i don't expect that with everybody but like um uh, the expect a hatred of Facebook from everybody is what I was saying. But, like, I, there's certain things that you just can't discredit a, a source. It might be somebody that you dislike, you know, like the perfect day <laughs> group. Like, I, I typically don't find much there anymore, but there are some times when it's just like, oh, that was a gem I needed right there.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I don't really follow it much anymore, but that was one of those things four years ago that I was taught. Yeah. Right? I to
0: go there too it was like
1: you know four, four years ago that that lesson on sacrifice impacted me so much right that I can still remember it after all this time it is um that's it's those little gems
3: mm-hmm. yeah So.
1: Well. yeah and sometimes sometimes there will be there will be sources that well, I can't trust them on these other things, but this one thing that they're saying that's striking me as as true, right? Yeah. And that's where discernment comes in, and listening to the Holy Ghost, because maybe they they have something to share.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: All right. Well, any final thoughts before we end for the night this is this has been a fun we've been kind of all over the gamut i love it that's what you get when you start at the end <laughs> yeah no <laughs> so you have to start there
5: because i wasn't on yet so it was there was a reason
0: <laughs> yep exactly but yeah next week with with prayer and everything let me throw the schedule up on the screen again just to um so we are going to be going from revelation and prayer all the way through the gift of the holy ghost so 260 through 280 for next week now Uh, we didn't
1: do the section on prayer today
0: yeah so we'll kind of like lump that in with with next week i really should have (laughs) paid attention to the 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 chunks when i created the schedule but oh well (laughs) but yeah so we'll we'll kind of go from prayer through the Holy
1: okay. Ghost.
0: Gotcha. Um, any other things? Any book recommendations? I I think I will put that on the the Facebook group tonight. Of like, hey, some are, are starting to read. What what's the first one? Is it Fire Spirit? Fire the Spirit. Um, if anybody wants to read it, and maybe we'll hop on for like a, a one time Zoom thing to like discuss that book after everybody's done with it, kind of thing, or something like that. I think it'd be fun. I, I'll have to get in the mode of um, taking time to read. But what you said, you, you finished it in two days, right, Becky? <laughs> I'm,
3: I'm about halfway through it in two days.
0: Okay, gotcha. It's like 400. 400-
3: it's
0: going to take me a good couple weeks then. <laughs>
3: exactly. <laughs>
0: It'll <laughs> we'll <Yeah>. take everybody
3: <laughs> a <different> <laughs>
0: <week>. <laughs> So i seen that it was somebody had announced that it's available at Costco. Has anybody seen like the price there versus like price on Amazon or
3: fourteen ninety nine at Costco right now?
0: Oh wow! Because like on Amazon isn't like twenty one or something. I don't know, but I'm I can't not... remember.
5: I bought it in a bundle. I can't remember how much the two were. I went directly to the website
1: and I bought it as oh. a two pack.
0: As a two pack, okay.
1: Yeah, and Costco
3: does not have the second one currently. So
0: oh, it's just the first, gotcha. Uh, that makes the decision easier. <laughs> All right, well, if you have any other recommendations or different things, videos, like our first group that we were spouting on <laughs> lots of different videos here and there. <laughs> uh, I, don't I know, know there's
5: some people on here that love Jared Halverson. Did you guys see, I can't remember what Facebook page it was, But he gave a like a fireside last weekend. Did Mm -hmm. you guys see it? Okay, good.
1: Yes, yeah, we
3: haven't
0: watched it yet, but I've seen the It's
1: really good. Mm -hmm. It's really good. I wanna go back and take some notes from some of his slides that he had. Yeah. The two sides of the coin, that Mm -hmm. that was really good. I wanna write down some of those. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it was. Proving the contraries and all of that. Oh yeah. I think that's another one of those things that if you can internalize that concept, of the proving of the two of the contraries Mm -hmm. and balancing them, I think that makes a lot of things easier to handle as well. I I see so many people right now that are struggling with um, policies Mm -hmm. that suggest certain things Mm -hmm. and they go, well, this would never, it's, it's always extreme. The Lord would never do this, or the Lord would never do that. And I'm like, wait a minute, let's, let's look. It's, it's a contrary. Let's, mm-hmm. let's prove those contraries. And, um, I, I need to understand that a little bit better so that I have a better way to, to, um, discuss that
5: with people. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, I love yeah definitely.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go out to watch that one too. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be a busy night
3: <laughs> it's worth it though that was
0: totally worth it yeah you yeah. know they were talking about like uh robin's videos
3: mm-hmm. and
0: um that one that you're talking about halverson's
4: mm-hmm.
0: seems like another one i can't remember but anyway there, <laughs> lots of that's a good one's gonna keep you busy
1: lots of good ones yeah you should put it on the face you should put the links to the videos Mm-hmm. um that were suggested on the learning zion facebook page
0: yeah see where yeah, i did that last week or whatever i got a lot of people commenting back to me privately or whatever they're saying hey you should do that all the time and i was like why doesn't everybody when they find a good video just post it? <laughs> 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 but i i'll start doing that after all of our our group sessions or whatever any videos that are mentioned i'll, I'll try to throw the links in there <laughs> throw Put it on
6: the wordpress button. too if you can
0: uh-huh yeah i need to start doing that
6: <clears throat> yeah it is it's
1: called the seeking truth devotional there's two version of uh, two versions of it one is two hours and six minutes one is an hour and a half the two hour and six minute has like a 30 minute um it that was what was live streamed and it has that 30 minute uh this is coming kind of thing you have to skip through so um, okay. yeah i'll see I'll, I'll see if i can't find the link for the the shorter one and I'll throw it up in that group. So we'll get it. And then you can find it, Cameron, and then you know. Yeah. This is, let's see.
0: Ethan, and I can get jumped out. Sweet. Okay. <laughs> it was the, the craziest thing at Sperry Symposium like it was just like a class that I thought would be fun or whatever and then in walks him and I'm like where do I know him from where do I know him from I was like oh yeah from YouTube (laughs) YouTube. (laughs) I didn't even I don't know why I was just brain farting on his name or whatever but (laughs) it was like one of the best Sperry Symposium classes Holy cow!
1: did he did he teach it
0: uh yeah
1: oh that would have been great
0: yeah, I, I don't know. I just wasn't paying attention to names or something. Anyway, it was, it was funny. But any walks, I'm like racking my brain. And then when it finally dawned on me, well, it was when he like actually started talking. I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is unshaken. Uh, okay, let me rephrase. Like, let me push record. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, I just posted it. Okay. I'm learning Zion. So on the Facebook group.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I'll get those copied over.
1: Yeah, if you want, um, I'll start putting some uh, video links there.
0: Yep, that'll be fun. All right. All right, we will have,
1: what was that last? Scott's about to turn into a pumpkin. Yeah,
0: (laughs) (laughs) me (laughs) too. Sounds good. We'll see everyone next week.
3: Thanks, everybody. Have a good week.